Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <sighs> We're back at work. The weekend's over. Our all-star break is over. Biscuits calling a hockey podcast is back. I'm Dave Lozo of Vice Sports, and I feel like The Athletic is the only other website I'm probably still writing for on a consistent basis. It's, it's getting all narrowed down, so like once once Vice catches on to my, my, my lack of talent and they drop me, and that's when I have to become a, I'll say, a casino pit boss, and maybe I'll make my living that way. I'm um, Dave. I'm in Brooklyn, and you know Sean. Sean's going to say hi now. Hey guys, it's uh, Sean up here in Ottawa, also of Vice Sports and Sportsnet, and uh, occasionally others. And yeah, so I'm, we both got it. We, we we both got it down to two places plus some sporadic other stuff. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which I hadn't I hadn't really thought about the implications of that, but now you've depressed me. <laughs> Thirty See, in seconds the, in the, into in, our episode. Like in the winter, in the winter, like my, my seasonal affective stuff is I worry about things that I never would worry about ever. Like it's not really like depression or sadness. Like I get stressed about stuff that isn't a problem. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, everything's going really well at Vice. What if it stops going well? Oh God, what am I going to do then? Am I going to have to go back to college? Can I afford loss? Like it's just my mind races like that. And like, that's just what happens on like walks from the train station to the office. And then I sit down here and, and then I, this is like therapy for an hour. Do you need a hug, buddy? Uh, not until I not until I find out how much I owe the government for for taxes this year, and then probably then I'm gonna have to All need right. a hug. Yeah. Okay. But for now, that's, though, no, no, just okay. That's good because it take me a while to get down there. So. <laughs> so the weekend was pretty good. We 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 got to relax. There was no football either. This was the first Sunday I haven't had to write a football column in like five months. That was kind of nice. But there was a lot of hockey. There was the skills. There was the All Star game and. Before we get into the specific stuff we liked and hated, overall, like I thought the skills were as as fun as they've they've ever been. I still think they should bring back the breakaway, you know, put on a funny hat and stuff. But overall, I thought it was great. And the All Star game, you know, they 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 tell you at three on three, nobody can hide. Everyone has to go all out. Uh, there's a thing called hiding in plain sight, where if no <laughs> yeah. if all six guys aren't moving, it's kind of like, oh wow, this is it was it was the All Star game. I think was as bad as it's been since the three on three stuff. But I, I like it's the same thing as usual for me. But like I really like Saturday yeah. more than usual, and I hated Sunday more than usual. I yeah, I, I was I mean I feel like the All Star game the way they've got it now is like as good as they're gonna get it, which is still not very good, but yeah. The, the the three on three, you're right. I mean, there there was definitely it 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 didn't look like three on three overtime. No, by any by any stretch. But 
I, I mean, the the big problem with the All Star Game itself is just the the effort level. It's the fact that these these players are they they don't really want to be there. They've had to cancel a vacation in a lot of cases to to be there, and so they treat it like a vacation. And I get it. I mean, why wouldn't you? It's a long season. You're 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 beat up. You're hurt. I think it's I think it makes sense that they would you know no nobody's expecting them to go all out on this this essentially meaningless game. I knew I know they threw some money in there to to try to try to give them a bit of an incentive, but you know it's it's not it's not going to make a big difference. I I get it. I think that you know the the one thing I'll say is three on three played at half speed without much effort is at least more entertaining than five on five. Yeah. So, for sure. you know, it, my my only thing and and man and it really came through in a few points during the game. If if when I'm commissioner, I'm going in there get the players together and you just go like, "Look, guys, we know you're tired, we know you're beat up, we know you don't want to be here. No one's expecting you to block shots. We're not expecting body checks. We don't you don't even need to back check. Just when you get the puck, shoot it shoot the puck shoot the damn okay? puck man Connor McDavid's nobody, on like five breakaways he passed on four of them like what are you yeah, doing man nobody thinks you're a bad guy because right. you're gonna take a shot like this oh. is th- that is the one thing that's killing it now is this idea that you gotta pass it three times because nobody won and then you score and the guy puts his head down like he's embarrassed <laughs> right like guys like, it's Mike, three Mike, on Green, three. Mike Green scored a beautiful like backdoor of like pass on a goal I think it was against uh, Carey Price and everyone was just, yeah, whatever. yeah like and, and yeah. I get even I, I get it when it was five on five because when you're playing five on five 20 minute period real hockey and the score is 19 to 15 then yeah it's embarrassing right you're like i just you know you feel bad you just scored for the 10th time on the same goaltender you you feel bad about that this is three on three like you know the scores were what like nine to five stuff like, like that's a perfectly appropriate score for a three on three short game so like guys you know you get an open net, shoot take it. Up, let's it. let's shoot see it. some plays because this this thing they're doing now where I mean, we all know like the the Pro Bowl sucks, but at least in the Pro Bowl, if somebody catches you know, they if somebody's going into the end zone, they don't lateral it five times at the goal line because they're like, Oh, you take it. No, no, you take I don't want to be the one who scores a touchdown. Like like I promise you guys, nobody it was like, you know, forty four guys there. 43 trying not to score and then steven stamko is desperately trying to score and not being able to yeah uh but guys just 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 shoot the puck that's all i'm asking don't i i don't want back checking i don't want any effort at all i'm just saying puck on stick empty net put puck in net instead of circling around in the corner and then throwing it back to the defenseman who doesn't want the puck either like that's that doesn't seem like it's too much to ask. Like the one, there was one goal in the game where it was a two on zero. It was it was Drew and Brian Boyle on a two on zero, and I give Drew credit because he had the puck and he was on his left wing, and the whole building was like, oh, he's going to tee up Brian Boyle, and he just snapped it short side and like had the easiest yeah. goal ever because whoever was in goal like totally moved over for Brian Boyle, and he was like, well, I'll just score a goal. It was great. Like sure, yeah. it's, sure, it's sad that he denied a guy who's dealing with cancer a chance to score a goal in an All Star game, but the goal was nice though. I, I really I yeah. really appreciated their wrist shot. Shoot, shoot the puck. So it was, I mean, it, it, was, it okay. was, it was good. There was that, like the, the first game, like the first half of the first game where there was like only one goal and you're kind of going, oh no. Cause you remember last year in the final where it was one, nothing and you're just sitting there going, oh, okay. But, but after that, 
it opened up, you know, it, it was, it was pretty good. I, like I watched it with my kids. They're the intended audience for this thing, not me. Oh yeah. And they enjoyed it. They like seeing, you know, like, oh, Jack Eichel and Austin Matthews on the same line. That's, you know, that's cool. And you know, that, uh, you know, Brock Besser and Johnny Gaudreau playing together. That's neat for them to see that. They enjoyed it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they like I said, I don't... Were they, were they pumped we... about Bob with the whatever he played? Whatever, whatever no, was, he, pl- he played, played like one... Didn't he play like one song that wasn't even one of his... I think he played like a one country song and that was... I saw a tweet that, that he got cut off. I don't know if that was true or not. I think that might have been just been wishful thinking. But yeah, it was weird. That, that's a thing too that I think kind of makes the All-Star game not as good as it could be, at least down here. I don't know what it's like up there, but like Doc Emmerich's having fun with it. Like he's a professional. He gets it. And like then you have like Mike Milbury, who's obviously filling in for Eddie Olchek and Pierre Maguire too to an extent. And Mike Milbury, like he is the absolute worst person to have for this because there's no defense. There's no checking. It's all just like yeah. skill plays and like great, you know, no look passes. And yeah, like a lot of them get broken up and it's annoying. But when they connect, he's just like, oh man, I don't know if you can do that in the regular season. Like, no, of course not. It's the All Star game. You miserable human yeah. being. You like every every <laughs> sweet goal that was scored. He kind of had like a uh, like Brad Marchand, like Johnny Gaudreau trips Brad Marchand and it's a penalty. It's obviously a penalty. You can't even do that in an All Star game. And Brad Marchand, who's clearly having a great time with being the heel in Tampa. You know he he's he gets up and then like he starts holding his face, pretending he got cut. Like LOL, give me four minutes. And like Mike Milbury, completely deadpans. He's like, I don't think that's going to be four minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good good eye, Mike. Good thanks. Good call. It's just you need people in the booth. Like like Brian Boucher was pretty good. Like he had a nice little mix of like analysis and like you know he'd point out some stuff that was happening down there that was kind of fun. And then every time Mike Milbury talked, he just sucked the air out of everything. And I don't know. I'm I, I feel like in Canada, it's either. I think it's either one way or the other. It's either it's just full on fun or it's just like a bunch of Canadian ex players like taking it way too seriously. I have no idea what the broadcast is like up there. Yeah. But it's not great. No, it's it's it. Yeah, it's definitely it's it, they they treat it a little lighter and a little more fun. And yeah. Our main event is we get to watch Ron McLean interview Gary Bettman, which is always oh yeah oh during incredibly, the incredibly yeah incredibly they do an annual like intermission interview. And it's just incredibly awkward. Is he, li- because... is, he, is he lobbing up softballs or is he giving it to him? No, he asks he asks real questions, and it's and and you know McLean's a good interviewer. Sometimes he he kind of locks in on something. They did they did a lot of Calgary Arena talk, and it, mm. it wasn't too bad this this year. But there have been past years where like you could like Bettman gets upset during the interviews. There was one where he kept <laughs> physically grabbing Ron McLean, like he would kept, he kept grabbing his arm because he was I don't remember what they were talking about, but I mean you know how. You know, you picture Gary Bettman in his press conferences where he's, you know, very short and kind of snide and, and not answering know, anything dismissive and doesn't yeah. answer questions. And then imagine him doing that with a very experienced interviewer who doesn't just, you know, he can't just flip to the next, the next questioner. He's got to, he deal with follow-ups and, and this and that. So that's, that's our main, oh, that's good. That's our main uh, we don't uh, get that. attraction for I don't that. Think, so. I don't think we get that. I mean, I, I've i been turning off intermissions down here forever, so I never really yeah. kind of... Like, I know I flipped back one time, and they were interviewing, I think, somebody from the U.S. They were interviewing someone from the U.S. women's hockey team, and no lie, like, I had it on, and she was, like, talking about the Olympics, and they cut to, like, Canada celebrating, like, an overtime goal at the Olympics. And I'm like, Why, what are you doing this to her for? This isn't nice. Like, <laughs> we're, we're in America. Let's celebrate America yeah. hockey, man. But, yeah. That was... That was that was the thing that happened. Now that I think about it, in the Bettman interview, because uh, 
McLean at one point was showing, I think he was talking about the, uh, the replay reviews and goalie interference and I, they were showing it and McLean made a reference to what they were showing and Bettman was upset because he didn't know they were showing it. <laughs> And he's like, well, you could have, you didn't, you could have told me, Ron, that you were showing it. I've, I, and he said something. He was like, I was always taught it was polite to look someone in the eye when you're talking to them, so I'm not looking at the monitor as you're. And, what? and you know, what? it's just like, oh my god, oh, it's, oh, it's they, like you can, like you can tell they don't. I, I was gonna say they don't like each other. I think it's more of a one way street. I really don't think <laughs> Bettman likes. He doesn't like being interviewed by Ron McLean. Put it that way. So that's that's what we get. I didn't know, you mentioned Brian Boucher. I didn't know, is he like a, a big national guy he's, down there now? I, I feel like he's like the number two behind uh, Pierre Maguire, who's out because oh, wow. of, uh, he has cancer. I forget if it's colon or prostate, because I know that's what Eddie and him are dealing with. But like apparently yeah. he's fine. He's, just, he's supposed to be back for the Olympics, so everything's good there. But yeah, I think Brian Boucher is the, he's kind of like the number two guy behind okay. Pierre Maguire between the benches. And, it's all goalies, yeah, like he's, man. What is yeah, it about he's, goalies? I think the goalies, I don't know if it's true that, no, well, Ray Ferraro wasn't a former goalie and he's pretty great whenever I catch he's him. Because yeah. sometimes, like, they use the feed from there for, like, the second half of, like, a doubleheader on NBC Sports and he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other ex goalies? I mean, I don't know. There aren't too many, like, guys no, where I'm like, this guy's great, but Boucher's pretty good. Up he's here, it's like it. Millen, Rudy, Healy for a while, Darren Pang. Oh, yeah, Darren Pang's really Durant, good. Yeah. Matthew Baron, uh, Jamie yeah. McLennan. Like, yeah, there's just a ton. I just, I love that. Like, there's no better face of this league either, or guy to represent than Brian Boucher. Like, a, a not very good goaltender who once got five shutouts in a row. Right. <laughs> He's, welcome to the NHL. Well, Brian, uh, nobody seems to be scoring, even though the goalies aren't working very hard. The guy, the guy expl- who, the, yes, I can. The guy in the Stanley Cup final who lost his job to Michael Layton in and out for two months before they finally lost to the Blackhawks. Yeah, that was he's, he really right. is. He's he's perfect for it. The skill the skills it's competition. T- I gotta tell you, I, yeah. I I thought it was good, but I was a little disheartened to see that Tyler Sagan and Eric Carlson don't know how to pick up the puck with the blade of their sticks. Like I was I was really yeah. I was kind of sad about that because I can't do that it was, either. But I'm just, and I and I was kind of like that's wow. like that's cheating, man. Like you yeah. can't. Uh, I don't know if you guys had it. Uh, maybe I, I think. Maybe it was a shared broadcast, so I don't know. They showed beforehand a kid passing his stick right through the hole. Did you did you guys get that mm, clip? What with like the the puck on the blade or just the yeah? Stick? Like he put the puck on the blade and he passed it right through because I guess they had had kids testing this out and some kid came up with that and they were like, oh, okay, that's we have to make a rule. You can't do that. Uh, we, and we can't then, or, or should have to. That sounds awesome. They, they would that would have been good. That sounds but harder than I watched, putting it through. As soon as Carlson did that, my first thought was, well, that's cheating. And my second thought was, okay, how would I cheat at this? Because now I feel like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I think my move would be I would pick the puck up with my hand, I would put it on the ledge of the hole, and then knock it through with my stick. I think that would count I mean, as passing it through. And I then the like other that, thing you got to do... That's how we should do it. That's not how like the greatest yeah. players in the world should do it. Well, then the other thing that you got to do that nobody did is on the last the last little barrier, the last hole, you got to pick it up and lacrosse whip it directly into the net from there instead of dropping it down and skating around and they had to shoot into the net. I was waiting for someone to do that, but I I put way too much thought. That's like half of my hockey mind is just spent trying to figure out like- How to cheat. Little, yeah, cheats. (laughs) Like I'm I'm one of those guys where I'm like, you know, if I was ever in the NHL, like every time there was a line change, I would shoot the puck at the bench immediately and try to get them on- too many men like try to hit the guy going off in the skates huh. that would be my move classic classic down goes brown looking for the edge. yeah i um i i there was, there was a couple other things too that 
I was I can't believe if Brock Besser missed one more shot, Brian Boyle would have been the, the NHL's most accurate yeah. shooter. Like he literally had to miss one of his last two attempts that he nailed, then he would have had it. I thought that was crazy. And the thing too, I don't know if this was because like I had the I had the skills on without sound, so like you know I looked down, I look up, and I was watching pretty much everything that happened, but there was no sound for me, which apparently made it much more watchable because I was like I tweeted the skills competition is great, and people were like I guess your volumes down, and I'm like actually yeah it is it's great, <laughs> but but Andre Kopitar went so so it was new this year they got rid of the styrofoam and they got the LED targets and it seemed like a target would light up and it would stay lit until you hit it and then you hit it and then like another one would light up at random and I swear I don't know if I was just I wasn't drunk or anything. Dry January is almost over. I, I did pretty good except for that one day. But Andre Kopitar went, and it looked like like a target would light up, and he would start shooting at it, and then he'd miss, and then another one would light up. And as the other one lit up, he would hit the one that was lit up previously, but it didn't count because it wasn't lit up anymore. And I wasn't sure if and that was happening for everybody or if that was just Kopitar. Yeah, here, here's what it was. It was a three-second target. So you basically, they would light up, you had three seconds to hit it, and then it would switch to another one. Oh. And you're right, there were a few guys, Kopitar was one of them, where they got into that rhythm where if they missed the first one, they'd load up the second shot and start their shot, and then it would flip over to, to something else. Oh. And yeah, it was... I thought it was malfunctioning for him and nobody cared because I didn't notice that happening for anybody else. I was like, man, is Corey Perry yeah. running the lights for this? Like, is he just trying to screw it? <laughs> it's like, is like Ricard Rattel, like was. messing around? Yeah, that's what it should be. I, like, you just keep changing the I like that. I thought, I thought the, yeah, was the, the new accuracy shooting was, was, was a hit. I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was really good. Uh, the fastest skater was was fine, but yeah, why wouldn't do you do? Really well. But why wouldn't you do like one on one like that? Because they don't want like to collide the, at center. Because because if they collide, like their legs would fall off. You know, like if well, you I, like it. yeah, no, I, I get that you need two guys going the same way, but oh that's, yeah, I mean, there's no there's probably it's 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 like a it's like when you you run on a track, like you need to have like mm-hmm. the guy line up a little bit farther ahead on the on the outside because he's on the outside it's just no but they but they did that like last in, in previous years they had like one guy at each side of center at, at each side of the red line and they just did their lap in the same direction um but they they were going the same distance they weren't at any risk of colliding you need oh, right 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 and, and then yeah. they this year they did it one at a time which just made the whole thing take twice as long plus it took away the kind of drama of watching two guys race each other so and it's hard to tell who's seen... going it's hard to tell honestly like i was watching it again and i didn't you don't really know how fast anyone's going till they cross the line i remember like watching jack eichel's run and i'm like god how slow is he and then like his time was one of the better ones i'm like oh yeah and there's a couple of guys who were like really effortless and they were slower and you it's just it's hard to uh-huh. really it's like the it's like the hardest shot you don't really know how hard the shot is until the thing tells you how hard the shot is so and it, it is takes like away it, from it. yeah it's hard to and it's it, it is weird too because you're like they they line up they line them up in this, this exact spot and it seems very exact and then they go and they get to the end and there's just like a net kind of there and some pylons right and it's like does he have to go like right by it like what what's the I don't know so here seems... all right, how about this hear me out we do we do your idea or not your idea but the thing they used to do where they had the two guys skate at the same time the same direction they just started on the opposite ends of center ice and for hardest shot since we really never can tell how hard it is. We put a, we we go Gallagher. We put a watermelon in the net, and this way, like no matter what, if it's eighty nine miles an hour or one hundred and one miles one hundred and one miles per hour, we get to see a watermelon explode. Yeah, you know, because you're right. You have no idea None. when you're watching that. None. It's like the guy takes a shot. There's a pause. 
And then everyone's like, oh, okay. Like somebody went, I'm like, yes. PK Subban might have gone. And I was like, wow, that's got to be like 102. And it was like 84. Like, really? That's it? I don't I don't trust it. I don't trust the gun. It's too fast. Yeah, did, well, did you see the, the AHL All-Star? Like they had their skills competition. A little bit. And, and like five guys were over 100 miles an hour on the slap shot. Really? And they were like sending out like tweets like, oh, here's, look at, uh, you know, when when you've got a slap shot harder than alexander Ovech, and it's like dude, nobody <laughs> believes that that's and that's the thing like i i've i've seen a lot the this week where people are like we, we should go back to the old system where teams did their own competitions and then like the best scores went to the all-star game so there wasn't the hardest shot wouldn't necessarily be the hardest shot among all-stars it would be the hardest shot in the league mm. and it's like yeah that'd be cool except yeah, I don't trust these teams not to screw with the yeah. with the radar guns. And suddenly, you know, the, the Senators are like, yeah, Cody Cece shoots 110 miles an hour. What do you know? <laughs> Buy your Cody Cece All-Star jersey. And then all those guys get to like wherever, they get to San Jose next year and they're all shooting like 75 on the gun. Like, I don't know what happened. This, my shoulder yeah. is a little out of socket, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, so, check out Ottawa Senators games this year. They're really some, somebody sent me a link. I, I And this... This feels like the sort of thing that would have been right in my wheelhouse to know, but I'd never seen this before. But like in 94, I want to say, uh, the Washington Capitals, when they were doing their team skills competition, they had like a celebrity portion where they had like the, really? the team shot and then they, they also invited like local celebrities. And the place kicker for the for their NFL team won the hardest shot competition like beat the players like shot 94 miles an hour or something like that who was it do you remember the kicker i want to say it was chip low miller does chip, that oh uh, yeah chip low miller for sure apparently wow. he just came in and smoked it and, and it was like the the guy sent me that it wasn't a clip it was an article from from like uh, one of the papers and it was like you know isn't this weird that this happened and you could tell like they interviewed some of the players and you could tell the players were kind of like <laughs> yeah don't yeah great uh, it was really nice how the place kicker uh, showed up and uh, and beat all of us and you know <laughs> they, they weren't really into the whole story. That's funny because I was I was at the gym on Sunday afternoon before the games and like I don't watch the Pro Bowl but like they were showing I guess the skills for the Pro Bowl the day from the day before they were just showing it over again before the okay. game and every year I get roped into this one event and it's dodgeball. They played dodgeball and it's amazing because this 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 year it came down to Jarvis Landry of the Dolphins a wide receiver super athletic guy versus Graham Gano, the kicker for the Carolina Panthers. And it was like two minutes of like one on, it was like one on two for a while, then it was two minutes of like one on one, and they were like moving closer to the line, moving back, throwing, dodging, moving out of the way. And it ends with Graham Gano whipping it right at Jarvis Landry, who of course catches the ball, and they win the game, and they all explode off the bench, and it's like, wow, this is for dodgeball. Like, meanwhile, like Alex Ovechkin fires one at like 103, and everyone's just kind of like, Yes, yeah. that was very nice. Maybe that's what we need for great. for the skills. Totally. Dodge, I saw it dodge puck. It was when the Ottawa Senators came here for, um, it was like way back in the day. It was like when Pascal LeClaire was the goalie. And they had this run of like 10 straight wins that I think may have started with them practicing outside at Central Park. And they were probably like in the midst of a losing streak because Pascal LeClaire was the goalie. And to like loosen things up, they played dodgeball on this little rink in Central Park. And it was great. It was like super funny and like guys were taking it super seriously. And yeah, like why not play dodgeball on ice? No, it's probably a bad idea. The, the only problem is you'd have, yeah. if, if John Tortorella was the coach, he would force all his players not to dodge and just block the, <laughs> like get out there. What are you get getting out, out of the way of it for? Come on, get out oh, there, boy. Doobie. 
Oh. That'd be good. Maybe what they need to do for the skills competition, or, or maybe the All-Star game itself, you want to get guys to try, scrap the hockey, and just have them play that stupid soccer game in a hallway. An All-Star oh. version of that. Oh, keepy-uppy or whatever it's officially yeah, called. Yeah, because I have yeah. never seen anybody care more about anything than NHL players care about their their dumb soccer game. Brian Boyle almost killed me doing that during the Stanley Cup final. He was playing with I, a bunch of lightning guys, and he, we whipped the ball like right across like the press box, or like the press box, but like the press area, like next yeah. to the rink. I was like, oh my god. Well, there was a there were, were you there a couple years ago where they 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 knocked over like a wall. There was a like wall? one of those temporary walls. Like we're all sitting in the press room, which is just down the hallway, and all of a sudden like crash, and you're like, oh jeez. Like I've I've done a lot of traveling, and I tend to when I travel. I, I like to like walk around a city and I don't really know where I'm going. And I've walked through some bad areas accidentally <laughs> at bad times. The only time I've ever thought I was about to get killed when I walked in the wrong place was when I walked, I tried to walk through a soccer game that I thought they had just taken a break on because I'd been standing there for five minutes waiting for them to let me through. And finally, like the ball went off and I tried to dash through and apparently that wasn't the right time to oh, do it. And no. I was like, I'm, I'm going to like, they're going to find me stuffed under the hood of a Zamboni years from now, my remains. Uh, I've contributed they, a couple of times where like the ball just kind of flies at me while they're doing it. And then, you know, you just head it back or you kick it back and you know, you, you, you win sure. some, you win some street cut a little bit and you go in the locker yeah. and you're like, yeah. Or you just catch the ball and, uh, and take off with it. And <laughs> you take they, it and you, you, like you take it, you put it on the ground, you stand out and go, how many times have I told you boys about playing ball before the game around the media? <laughs> We're not agile enough to get out of the way. You could kill us with Seriously. this ball. And God. they know that. That is their one chance <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to kill a media member is like if you can there's no way there's no way that hitting a media guy in the face with the ball isn't worth two points in that game. Like you just, can't just rolling it towards Steve Simmons' feet. Oh, 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 you avoided it. Damn. Oh. <laughs> Down he goes. Oh, that's so close. Uh what did you so the, the we touched on it a little bit, the just the two new events, like the relay and then that weird passing thing. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was yeah, all right. It seemed, yeah, I felt like, bad for like Drew Doughty and a few of the guys who kind of got kind of got caught. The puck kind of bounced off that little corner thing a little faster than I think a couple people were prepared for. That was kind of funny. Yeah, but yeah it wasn't that part great. was kind of neat. The one thing I don't get, and they, they did this in past years where they had the different version of the passing. Like why do they, they put the little barrier so you've got to like, yeah, like pass in the air, which, yeah. is, which I guess, you know, it's supposed to be, is it? but it's just like, I mean, you're making them pass pretty far into a tiny little net. Why not just let them slide it? Let them do it. Yeah. And then, and then I guess the other one was the 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 breakaway competition, which got turned into the save competition, which was I I like the idea, but I think when you've got a roster full of all stars, having a goaltender make 14 straight saves is probably not yeah. what you were hoping. See, I liked like it because, like, I I thought I just took this the same thing and just put a new spin on it. Where, yeah, because like it's it's in theory it's supposed to be easy to score one on one on a breakaway, and the fact that like goalies were making the streak go like every time it got like a higher and higher, and then it was flurry. I thought that was kind of that that was kind of. I neat. thought it was. I liked the concept. I just like at a certain point you're like, all right, like you, can, you just want goals. Can, can the goalie for the expansion team maybe? Like give up one goal to this roster of superstars, that, but but you know half of them are coming in and just kind of kind of like either coming in and putting no effort into it, or coming in and putting like too much effort in, and like you can only we need a limit of like five Forsberg moves in these competitions before it's like all right, you 
move on to something else. Maybe maybe it shouldn't go past 10. Like once you get to your 10th shooter, you know what I mean? Like if you make, like you get, like it's, it's what is it? So it's 10 versus one, right? So you you get to, well, I guess the, the rule was if you make a save on the last guy, you get to keep going. But you get yeah, keep going, so. after a while, it does start to get like, you know, uh, like like in in theory, the skills competition could still be going on because Henrik Lundqvist is still making saves. Like that's just after a while, you're just like, yeah. all right, let's cap it. At, let's cap it at like ten, maybe or fifteen. He's he's out there, and I think Drew Doughty is still trying to get the puck through the little <laughs> little hole. And uh, we'll we'll move on. But I, it's just two other things I want to mention real quick, just from the going back to the All Star game. Uh, first of all, they actually had an offside review. In the All Star, he was offside though. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good review. <laughs> uh, did we ever find out? Like, did they? Where did that come from? Was that an actual coach's challenge, or did they? No, I think it was a coach's challenge. I think because it, it happened oh, right geez. at the right at the bench and right in the blue line when Kucherov was coming off, so it was like really easy to see. Like, I don't think there was like a video guy in the in the booth who was yeah. like, "Hey guys, 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 uh, challenge this." Like, I think they just it, saw it because it was so obvious. I mean, it was, it was, and it was funny because Wes McCauley got to make the call. Although even that, like, I'm starting to feel like. Oh, don't you dare. It, don't you dare turn on Wes McCauley on this podcast. I'm not, ter- I just feel like it was funny when like he was like, that was just what he did. It's great. Whereas now it's like he, you can tell he feels pressure to like. Exactly. To, so to keep the shtick going. He's going to keep upping it by like 2023. He's going to have to like take yeah. off his shirt and like swing it over his head and. <laughs> After review, but um, bum, but um, bump, but um, but um, but um, good goal, and then you're just like, yeah, like I, right. it, I'd, I'd rather go on that end as opposed to like all these referees who just mumble through the review or oh, for sure, they don't tell you yeah. what they're reviewing. Like there was a situation, this was the Devils Bruins game, and I'm pretty sure that no one in the arena knew what was going on in Boston because. There was like all these devil's penalties and then somebody scored a goal and then there was confusion about who was supposed to come out of the penalty box because it was a five on three. Was it a five on three still? Was it a five on four? But the clock stopped working and the referees, I'm I'm pretty sure they never made an announcement to the arena as to what they were doing because I think they were switching out the box that, that does the time and you're just sitting there in your seat and you're just like... Like, Ed Hockey League would have been on, like, chapter two of the explanation by that point, where you're just like, we have to bring the box to a repair shop, and once the repair shop repairs it, we have to pay the bill, and once we pay the bill, we have to then order an Uber, because all of our cars are back at the hotel. Therefore, by rule, you you, you get something out of it, and you take that for granted with football. Wes McCauley can go crazy. The NFL explanations are great. You need them, because usually you don't, I mean, some of them are, yeah, I mean, when when the explanations are stupid, you get mad, but at least they're explaining it to you. Is yeah. my point, but yeah, that was a good offside review. All right, so here's here's my idea. Since you mentioned football, Wes McCauley, I don't know, I don't know how he's viewed in the NHL. I don't know where he ranks. I bet they hate him. But if he does not make the Stanley Cup final, mm. that you've got to bring him in as your officiating replay review expert, like you know, in the NFL has, or they used to have like yes. Mike Carey and guys like that. It's Wes McCauley, but he's got to do it in character. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you know, all right, we're going to bring in Wes. Wes, I don't know, some contact with the goaltender, but, you know, what do you think this is going to be? And then he's got to do, like, the Wes McCauley yell. Like he's not even wearing his you know suit. What... He's wearing his referee yeah. outfit and everything and, like, <laughs> and his the little helmet. box helmet and everything. Yeah, exactly. And he's just like, Wes, did you look? Yes. <laughs> On further review, we have... And then it's like four minutes of sigh, and you're like, well, they just announced it, Wes. Like, you... you... <laughs> We already know. The, no goal. No, they called it a goal, Wes. That was... But like three minutes later, the action's action. going on, and all of a sudden you just hear somebody <laughs> scream, no goal! And you're just like, what was that? Oh, that was oh, Wes yeah. McCauley from like 20 minutes ago. Oh, okay. He had to build it up. All right, so I didn't like... And then the other thing that, that, that bothered me, 
And they kind of figured this out at the end, but both times that the Pacific Division played and and they won both their games, the other team pulled the goalie with like three minutes left. Guys, it's three on three. There's an empty net. You're already up by a few goals. Pass it back to Mike Smith. Let him take a shot. Like the, the when the first game, it was like seven to, you know, they were up like three goals and the other team was clearly pulling the goalie to give Mike Smith a chance to score in an all-star game. And then even in the second game, it wasn't until the very end that they were like, like, I think Mike Smith came out and was like off the faceoff. was like, guys, pass it back to me. I'm going to take a shot. And then he, he kind of whiffed on a couple of them. But yeah, let's yeah. have some situational all-star awareness here and circle well, the puck back and uh, pass thing, it off to the goaltender. The thing is, when you're when you're playing to win as hard as all those guys are, you lose your focus on silly stuff. That is know. that is true. They were just like, get it in deep, force a face-off. <laughs> it is probably hard to score, though, when, when no one's trying because you need to get everybody into the zone and trapped, and then you have to flip it over them. And so if guys are just kind of like, eh. You know, that would be the one... Like the it's one harder. guy that would block a shot would be Mike Smith trying to score and then somebody dives back to knock the puck out of the way. And everyone just boos. Uh, it's Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand knocks it out of the way and everybody hates Brad Marchand even more. Yeah, uh, that would work. So I, I believe that's that's the end of our All-Star Game uh, summary conversation bit stuff because I believe we're at the halfway point. It feels like we're at the halfway point. I never know we're at the halfway point. But this is the part where we got to take the break and then we'll come back and we've got... We got a lot of stuff, man. I don't know if we're going to pack this all into the hour. We got Yager. We got goalie interference, pissing and moaning. We got all kinds of stuff. So uh, hang out for a second. We'll be right back. And we're back. We, 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 we've, we've reached a new era in hockey and... Um, I don't know what era you want to discuss first. Is it the the end of Yaramir Yager? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Or is it the new era where Yari Bettman's like, goalie interference, eh, the spirit of the rule. I don't care. What do you, what, what's... Uh, you win some, <laughs> you lose some. I, I mean, I guess we... I guess we can do Yari, because, I mean, there's not that much to really talk about with Yari. I mean, it's 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 sad it's kind of a bummer but i mean if when you keep coming back year after year we, we like, i guess we sort of figured but, but, but it was like, gonna my, my end thing is like this i, one way I assume it's ending because he wants it to I'm, I'm assuming that there aren't a ton of teams that want him but but again i go back to this before the season where i mean patrick marlowe is whatever six or seven years younger i think six years younger than or maybe it's seven years younger because i think yager turns 46 next month but Last year, Yager and Marlowe had identical seasons. And Yarmir Yager, points-wise points, points wise anyway, I think they both had the same amount of points in the same amount of games. And Patrick Marlowe got a three-year deal for, like, whatever it was, $21 million, $20 million bucks. And Yarmir Yager's, like, like, out on the street, like, begging for a job. And I get it. He's older and all that sort of stuff, but... You, there's, there's, there's still... I think there's still life in him. And the thing is, is when you get hurt at 45 as opposed to when you get hurt at 27 people think it's over and and i just 
you know, he, he's one yeah. goal this year, and I know he wasn't really doing much in Calgary, but the idea that, like, he can't fit on a team, the idea that, like, there's a team like the Oilers that's desperate for wingers, can't use him. I, he doesn't want, I, I'm, I'm assuming he doesn't he want to wanted, go there. Yeah, but... Yeah, but, I think he wanted... I, I, apparently, there was sort of a handshake deal with the Flames that if, if it didn't work and, you know, by midseason, that either either side could walk away. Because he's going back and he's he's playing... In, in one of the Czech leagues, because, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, they could put him on waivers, try to send him home, whatever, and if he wanted to, he could wait around. Because I'm sure some NHL team, even just to sell tickets, right? right? I mean, if you're, if, you're, if you're the Sabres, you know, if bringing Jagger for the last two months, give your fans something to, to watch, you know, something to, to care about or, you know, have, uh, you know, Arizona, who who you know, who knows? There's got to be somebody who would bring in a, a future first ballot Hall of Famer. So I, I'm I'm guessing he didn't want to go out that way. And I've I've already seen a couple people say like, don't don't necessarily assume that you know he wouldn't maybe try again next year. But I you got to figure. That, I think he could. I I don't know. Maybe yeah. it was just it was weird how he just no, nobody. It was weird that even Florida didn't want him back. Like because Dell Talon yeah. Dell Talon lost his mind in the off season, but. I don't know. Well, I, especially since he's he's apparently, you know, I mean, from what we're told, like such a, a workout warrior, like such a, a fitness freak, like teams yeah. seem to love those guys, right? Like you always hear, you know, every team's got like that one gym rat guy and the, the GM loves him, right? Because he's like, he's the first guy in and the last guy out. Great example for the they, kids, yeah. Right. You think that, you know, having this guy who's like running the stairs in the arena an hour after the game would be, would be, uh, but... Maybe not. Uh, Maybe I don't not. know. I mean, it's forty-five, sad. almost forty-six years old. That's that's five years past where virtually anybody else. If gets Gordy, to, if so. Gordy could play in his fifties, Yarmiryak could play in his fifties. That's what I say. I, I I wouldn't. I don't want to rule it out. I mean, I, I feel like if Yarmiryak was done, he'd let you know. But if he has a really good yeah. run in the Czech Republic and he comes in the camp somewhere before the season starts, and I don't rule it out. I I'm not saying I. Uh, but it's where does he rank if he if he is done? Because we had him, wow. when we did the book last year, we had him, I, I want to say, 18th. That was probably too low. You think it was too low? No, that I and, didn't. And we had him, and, and that had him fifth among wingers. Hmm. Who, who, do, we, who do we have him behind? Who we had we, him behind? We had, we had Gordie Howe. Brett Hall. Rocker Richard. Was he behind Hall? Bobby Hall. Bobby Hall, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then he was like one spot behind Ovechkin. Oh, that was stupid. We had him behind Ovechkin. Uh, no, I no, guess I no. See, I, yeah. yeah, Ovechkin yeah. like multiple MVP. Like I, I feel like that's about right. I, I, I think you could. Well, you could uh, you could nudge him ahead of Ovechkin. Maybe you make the case if on Bobby Hall. I, I don't know. I was because like I wrote something yesterday, and 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 I just felt like. So so when when Yager was a devil, he was great because while he was there, he had like a 65-point season, and throughout the year, he kept passing guys. You know, he'd pass Iserman, he'd pass whoever on like the points list or the goals list or whatever, and every game, people would ask him, you know, hey, you know, you ever think about how if you didn't go to Russia, you'd probably be already ahead of these guys because you went there for three years? And every time, he would always say the same thing, and he was right. He said, well, what if I stayed here and then I suffered a serious injury in one of those three years and I couldn't play the last seven? Then no, I wouldn't have passed these guys, so I don't regret going there because that is just part of my journey or whatever he would say. And he's right, but... I can still theorize that because he was a guy that missed. He was a guy. He's one. He's a three lockout guy. He he missed half the yep. season in ninety four, ninety five. Two seasons worth of lockouts. Yeah, and so you take the you take the three seasons of eighty two games that he was playing pretty regularly. Then and you take 
all those other games he missed, that's like 400 games. And if you if he just plays half of those, he's the all-time leading goal scorer. He's he's the all-time leader in games played in the NHL. And I don't know, 18 just uh, looking back, I don't know, maybe we should just yeah. do another book and sell it to people and be like, actually, here's the real list. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> the other one. Update it for 2018, and it's just the exact same book with Ovechkin three spots higher. There you go. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Nine ninety nine, please. Oh God. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, hope, hope, so, hope, hope no, he comes I mean, back, but yeah, I'm. Uh, he's. Yeah, I mean, him versus Ovechkin is will probably turn into one of those like longevity versus peak. But I mean, it's not like it's not like Jagger's. You know, he's not Dave Anderchuk or Mark Recchi. I mean, he no. He uh, he only I think he only had the one heart trophy. Yeah, he did. Which but is five weird. five scoring titles. Five scoring titles and one heart trophy. Like that's that's super odd. I I I'm assume I don't I'm not sure who won them those years. Probably Lemieux because they probably felt like Lemieux. I don't know who I I, I didn't look. I looked that up yesterday on Hockey Reference and I was like, wow, I forgot he only had the one the one heart trophy. Yep, but, he was a heart trophy runner up three times and third place once. If I'm reading that right, and he was like 23rd the year he was with the Devils, which was kind of weird. I mean, that's still pretty good. 23rd in heart voting when you're 42 years old or whatever. Yeah, he was pretty good. He was okay at the hockey stuff. He was, he was, a, he was an okay hockey player. Hopefully, he gets a job in player safety, and then he can totally tarnish his career. <laughs> and speaking of, uh, well, I don't know. I was going for the segue there. I don't think there is. Speaking of player safety, which is related to the league office. Protecting goalies. Kind sure. of protecting sure. goalies, the sure. safety of goaltenders. So Gary Bettman, everyone's mad about goalie interference last week, which is a nice change from being mad about offside reviews, which is what we've been mad about the last two weeks. <laughs> but there were a couple of like really sort of sketchy calls uh, and okay. one involving Austin Matthews, one involving Connor McDavid. So, I mean, there's two of your highest profile players. Okay. There was one. Matthews loses his goal and then does the, like, the point celebration that they, that him and Eichel broke out again in the All-Star game. McDavid does, has his goal taken away, or it would have been his assist, but the goal for his team taken away, scores in the shootout, and then motions go upstairs Matthews was kind of like done in fun. McDavid clearly wasn't like he was. He was not. He was angry. It. He was. And not it's one of these things. It. If when your best young players are just like openly mocking your review rules, you you think maybe you might want to take a look at them. And so apparently the NHL did that and did not actually change anything as far as the rules. But when it comes to goalie interference, uh, have basically. I can't remember Bettman's exact words, but they have clarified and reiterated to the referees to smarten up and not be changing. Don't go looking for minor contact to change a call. You're, this is supposed to be to catch obvious and egregious errors. And other than that, let it stand. Is that enough in your view? Um, so I, I don't know. The the Oilers one happened really late at night, and I I was searching for video, and every video I saw was like the regular three on three normal camera angle. I couldn't tell what McDavid did or didn't do. The Matthews one wasn't really interference. That was kind of a bad call. Yeah. But the, the Matthews one was. See, that was one that was you could make the only way you can make the case that's interference is by a very strict reading of the rule book. Yeah, the goalie is in the crease. There was contact. Because the rule book is weird. The rule book says like if contact prevents the goalie from playing his position, but what does that mean? 
Is that any contact? Does it mean like if like in the Matthews one, the goalie like they hit the stick, but the puck was behind him on his glove side, so it's not like exactly. But there was one too. So. There was one too where I, I, I the problem for me is like whenever there's a call now, people bitch. Like there, there's no real like no everyone has lost objectivity yes. about when to bitch. And there was a it was it was a Minnesota Pittsburgh game, and the game was over. And a dude on the on Minnesota cut through the crease, and his his back leg like moved the goalie's stick out of the way. And then the puck went through the goalie's legs. It was so clear. It yes. was the most clear interference ever. And people were like, we got to change the rules. Like, buddy, I had somebody that's, that's tweet that to me. That's interference. That's- somebody tweeted that to me. And they're like, oh, look at this one. And and I saw like even some of the reporters were like, yeah. oh, this is out of control. And I looked at that and I was like. It's textbook. Okay, no, that one is. That one. <laughs> right. He he knocked the stick out of uh, that's that's the old Wendell Clark move that he pulled on Belfour in in overtime once in the playoffs where you reach out and knock the stick and it goes five hole, which you can imagine Belfour took very well. He was oh, he was calm. He was, he was calm. He, he was he was like ah things happen. You know what are you <laughs> what are you gonna do? But yeah, it's uh, that one was yeah that was an, an obvious one. But like I actually feel like when it comes to like when it comes to offside and we talked about this last week i think you need to tweak the rule when it comes to interference i actually do feel like this is enough if 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 this message is actually delivered and heard that look we're looking for the obvious one and and you know batman i don't think he said this in so many words but he he was basically saying like if you're if you've looked at it 3 times and you still haven't seen and you, and you don't think it's obvious and you need a fourth and fifth and a tenth then just have the call, call stand. Call on the ice, right? Yeah. Call it's on the like ice football. stands. Exactly. Like right. it's, it's, it's it's like football catches. Like if you can't, you know, determine the it's possession supposed on the to way be. out of bounds. It's it's. And this the is the thing. Like this, and but this is the thing that uh, that that everybody seems to 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 assume about the NHL rule is we're so used to hearing the NFL, which is you know that if if there isn't overwhelming evidence then the call in the field stands and that's not really what the NHL rulebook says the NHL rulebook says if there's a review then we review it and we just try to make whatever call we think is which, is the best one and which and I think the is call I think that's good too I think I, I hate when they stick with the call in the field even though it's bad I'm 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 all for like blank slating yeah. it and then looking at it but yeah if it, if it's murky but when it's a judgment thing like this, yeah. like just... It's not like feet so, and bounds. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I want to see it in action because I feel like this is actually going to, you know, if if it, it the, the, the proof will be in the pudding, right? If to, you know, tonight we're back, we got, you know, there's 12 or 13 games, so there's going to be a couple of reviews. If we see, you know, refs go over, look at the thing for a minute and then come back and go, no, call on the ice stands. It's a good goal. Even though, yeah, maybe there was a bit of a nudge or something then the system will be working again. And, you know, people will complain for a few weeks because we're used to now we've had a year and a half of calling goals back on any random uh, any random contact. But if people get it through their heads that, you know, like the, the thing, like everybody remembers the Matt Duchesne offside, but there was the goalie interference. Like, I swear there was like a Colton Orr. I feel like the Leafs were playing the Panthers and Colton Orr just ran the goaltender over. And the Leafs shot it in the open net, and there was no call. And that was kind of where right. people started saying, "We should maybe this should be part of the review too." So, like that's, you know, and yeah, like that should have been no goal. But just having somebody nudge you is is like 
let's let's let the refs make the call on the ice. Common sense, right? That's common kind of, sense. Like there was a play. I, I'm I'm assuming you saw this because it was a Leafs game. It was Blackhawks Leafs, and Freddie Anderson was already down, and Artie Anisimov fell on him, and the puck was already by. It was already in the net. Yes, and people were mad that they didn't overturn that goal. And I'm like, well, he's not making that save. Like you know what and I mean? And I tweeted like, that that should be. That that should be a goal, and I had a bunch of Leaf fans mad at me because of the Austin Matthews thing. And then they were sending me the Austin Matthews, yeah. and I'm like, yes, that should also have been a goal. Like, these are both goals, and I know, like you know, the Anderson one, you could freeze frame it and like, look, he's sitting on top of him, and it's. But you're right, like he wasn't, that, yeah, going to make that save. That didn't. He was already face down on the ice. He wasn't going to suddenly teleport three feet over and and block that empty net. Should teleporting be legal? What do you think? When that, once we get that technology and we have humans that have the X-Men power to teleport, should those goalies be allowed to play hockey? I, say I feel no. like I say no. I feel like you let them teleport, but we have to make the net a half inch bigger to compensate. <laughs> oh, that was your idea that I like for the All-Star game. Make the nets bigger just for the just, All-Star game. Just yeah. for the All-Star game. Because of that first half when it was like one nothing. I'm like, oh, what do we got to do here? Seriously. There's nothing wrong with making it like six and a half by four and a half for just one stupid three on three game. That would have been great. We have so many good ideas on this podcast. I don't what, know why Gary. What I would have done, what I would have done is I would make make the nets bigger for the All Star game. Don't tell anybody, <laughs> and then at the end have Bettman be like, "Did you guys like that?" And people are like, "Yeah, that was pretty fun." And have him go, "Did anybody notice anything?" No, not really. Yeah, the nets were two inches bigger, and you idiots who are always complaining about tradition didn't even notice that we made them bigger. He pulls like we're a Gene Hackman for the rest. He of pulls a like Gene Hackman and Hoosiers and pulls them all out on the ice and starts measuring the measuring the thing with a tape measure. Exactly. How how big how big carry? Seven point five. Oh, the goalies the goalies would know. <laughs> yeah, the goalies would figure it out immediately. My angles are off. Like <laughs> my my little intricate post tapping routine doesn't doesn't work quite as well. The knob isn't getting to the corner. I know something's off here. I'm 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 filing a grievance. <sighs> Boy, what else do we got? Uh, what else we got this week? What what other topics? We got a few. We... There's there's a few. There's so much stuff. It's it's, it's a busy week. I, this one, I, I mean, we won't talk a bunch about it, but I, I think it's worth a mention because Thursday is a big day. Have you have you bought like your card and your gift and everything? Thursday because the, the third Thursday day. is the twenty oh, fifth yeah, the... anniversary of Gary Bettman becoming commissioner of the NHL. Oh God! Quarter of a century of oh. Gary Bettman, which means we can look forward to. Uh, probably a whole lot of think pieces this week about how Gary Bettman is actually good and Gary Bettman has done a fantastic job and revenue is up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yay, Gary Bettman. It's always great when no one can compare you to anything else. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, He's better than Gil Stein. Yeah, Gil Stein. And revenue uh, went up in a 25-year period in which revenue exploded across literally every sport in the entire world. Yep. Mm-hmm. Imagine like going back 25 years, like is revenue up? Yeah, it's up like, you know, this is like 500%. Oh, that's great. Uh, so so we're doing better than other sports? No, it's up like a thousand percent in every other sport. Right. And, and our, our, like, our commissioner. Like our commissioner video is... games is now like a, is, is now like a sport that's on TV and. Uh, esports, you know, esports dudes. packs in more people to their building than the Florida friggin' Panthers do. Come on. I was flipping channels the other day and I came across a football game and I was like, why is there football on? And I realized it was two dudes playing Madden on like <laughs> one of the main sports channels. I was just like, oh, I'm like, who uh, watches this? And then I sat down and watched it for like 20 minutes and I was and into ESP, it. But. ESPN's doing, ESPN's doing wrestling news now. Like, like I, yeah. I think we're going to look back on like stuff and like, 20, like you know how like MTV, Pro, we, we joke about how there's no music on MTV. 
Yep. That, that's going to be ESPN. The, like there's going to be no sports the, on. The WWE is a billion dollar company. Boxing, which not one person listening to this could name a boxer other than Floyd May, uh, Mayweather. <laughs> Boxing is smashing pay-per-view records they've never come close to. But yeah, Gary Bettman deserves credit because the NHL has record revenue. It's only it's only Anyways. stopped three times. He's only oversaw three work stoppages. Yeah, we've only had three. Years. We've only had more work stoppages than every other pro sports league combined in those twenty five years. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. Look here. Here's when you're done reading all of those think pieces about how wonderful Gary Bettman is. I have a piece coming up on Thursday on Sportsnet. Oh baby, Savage. in which I present an alternative view to that and i'll leave it at that that's that's what we in the business call it tease i also i'm I'm doing a thing this week for non-hockey i gotta do a like a super bowl preview where i'm gonna break down which team you should root for Uh, so i'm gonna have pretty much the entire internet (laughs) yelling at me yeah oh that's gonna be fun okay i was just saying this to somebody else like again i think i might have said this on the podcast last week but like the, the the jaguars patriots thing i wrote i got more angry responses and hate for that just where i was like root for the jaguars screw the patriots that i did for anything kid rock which is probably like the most political thing i've ever written people were just like eh, politics what's what's the deal like if you want to see what it was like take grab the link from the jaguars patriots thing on vice get like the actual link from the website and search and go to facebook and search in the search bar where you would normally search for like you know your you would stalk your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend or whatever but just put the link in there instead of like a person's name and you could see how many people shared that and basically were like not wishing me death for instance but like wishing bad things for me it was insane all because i just said yeah screw the patriots somebody just tell me who john malkovich is cheering for seriously how unbelievable like i i was to watch that 10 times oh it's so great and I'm just, and I was trying to picture like the NHL version, where he's like, "This is a story." No, it's like John. All this time, you don't even get John. One team has a 53 percent chance of winning this series. <laughs> the other one has only 47 percent. But anything can happen. One hot gold. Uh, no, he, instead that, of like a full be. symphony orchestra, it's like just like Kenny G. There's <laughs> a bunch of bunch of Canadian dudes just. Uh, it's just some random guy playing the piano in like a hotel bar, and it's just it's it's a, it's it's John Cryer who he costs less, and it's it's and it sucks. Like that would that would totally be what it is. Man, we should do that. We should we should do that for the Stanley Cup final and just get like a shittier version somebody of the John called, thing. Somebody called John Ham and Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> and one of the other three, <laughs> and instead of the orchestra, it'll be Five for Fighting playing that one damn song. Uh, we can make this happen. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, oh, before, uh, but, uh, real quick, because I think we probably have like ten minutes left or so. But um, the Rangers selling all their players would be a really good thing. Yes. They should do that because they're you're, done. As a Rangers beat writer, you're on board. It's. I mean, they should have done it last year. It's weird that in the so Larry Brooks in the New York Post wrote that the Rangers are absolutely looking to sell all their guys, which includes Zuccarello. It includes Ryan McDonough. Includes the obvious guys like Nash and Grabner, who are just you know one year left on their deals. But, I mean, if you're going to do all that, like, you need to go – you can't kind of do the half in, half out. Like, if you're going to do it I, – I mean, if you're going to trade all four of those guys, you have to trade Henrik Lundqvist. Like, what are you going to do with Henrik Lundqvist if you trade Mc, – yeah. like, the Rangers are – like, the Rangers are missing a lot of guys. But when they don't have Ryan McDonough, they're a mess. And if you're not going to have Ryan McDonough – the problem is nobody who, – who needs a goaltender on a long-term deal 
in the middle of the season that is that whose season isn't already destroyed. I keep I keep I, mean, I keep going back to Lundqvist for Rene because they have kind of the same deal, kind of the same cap hit. Lundqvist mm. is a little more, but Lundqvist's deal is a little longer, and Rene's is okay. over at the end of uh, this year, maybe next year. I think there's a two year difference, mm. and the the whatever whatever the difference is, the the Predators window is going to be open beyond the end of Pekka Rene's contract. So you want to keep having an elite goaltender there. You could bring back Rene, I guess, but I don't know. I think I'd rather have. Lundqvist in this situation the same way the same way that, all right you know what I mean like it's 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 not a huge difference but I think that's I mean that trade's never gonna happen but. I, I just think as someone who and and everyone who listens to this podcast is well aware as, as someone who has been banging the drum for years about there not being enough trades and, and all of this stuff like it's to see a team that's in a playoff spot like forget about being within eight points of a wild card like actually holding down a spot go into sell mode would be a very interesting development. And I think a lot of teams would be watching that and seeing like, what's the reaction? Do they get ripped for it? Do they get applauded for it? What happens? Because like we see it every year, right? There's teams that are, there's three sellers and 27 buyers because everyone wants to pretend that they're still in the race and seeing a team go, yeah, you know what? We're, we're not going to win a cup with this roster. So let's reset. I think takes a lot of guts, but it could it could be very interesting to see that happen because then this time next year there's going to be other teams going wait a second why why aren't we doing what they did um if you can if you can we're do it the same situation you can do it here people that building building's filled whether it's that team is bad or not so yeah you you definitely would have a year grace it's filled the building but i mean are you gonna what's the media's take on it gonna be how's it gonna play in the the media the here room? the I media mean, here for hockey is is so just it's not like again it's an original six market it's new york but like you know if if like like the mets sign jay bruce like like 45 different people have hot takes about it the rangers sign henrik lundquist like there's one take like no one like there's it's not as it's not as fireball and you know right anger as it as it would be in other markets like seriously other like, than larry every, brooks who who is pretty yes. much fireball and anger on yeah like, on everything like, anyways so like in montreal like max pacioretty gives a post-game press conference after like a 2-1 win and people break down his like facial tics you know what i mean like here uh-huh. here no one it's it's not it's not like that you can totally get away with it and it's it's the right thing to do it's app i wouldn't trade ryan mcdonough like that part of it seems weird to me unless you know you can't bring him back when his deal's up but yeah. like you don't get the, the only like thing ryan with McDonough. him is the only thing with him i could see is if you if you've made up your mind that there's a good chance you have to trade him you probably want to get in on that now yeah, before yeah. Eric Carlson and Ekman Larson become the trade bait. And now you're everyone's third choice. And every team is telling you like, oh yeah, we we definitely want to be in on McDonough. We definitely want to make an offer. But we're, right now we're trying to do the Carlson thing. So check back with us in two weeks and mm. you're left hanging around. Like get out in front yeah, of it. That's fair. I hope they do it. Matt's, by the way, I hope Matt Zuccarello goes somewhere else because like, I feel like people don't appreciate how he is so freaking good. And it's like, it's one of those things where he's just like a little guy and everyone's like, Oh, I love the little guy. Like he is seriously. Yeah. He's, he's probably one of the top 10 offensive players. You could, he's, he's not top 10 in points or anything, but just the way he plays in this vision, it's, it's, it's just such a treat. And hopefully not that the Rangers fans don't appreciate him. They love him, but it's just hope someone else gets to do it and he gets to go play. In the I playoffs. would, I'm, I got my fingers crossed that the Rangers sell off and then still make the playoffs. They could. I think that'd be fun. If they, and if, play, they could they could end up playing a team that they sold to, right? Like you could in theory. end up going up against one of your former 
former uh, like, stars. Like if they if they trade Nash and Grabner and that's it, they can still be a playoff team for sure. They have enough kids in the minors to come up and fill those holes. But like once McDonough, Nash will be the interesting one. Like that's do you you know how much do do normally teams love the name value, but this is a guy who's also kind of got the reputation of not performing in the playoffs, which isn't fair because he. He no, tends to play very well yeah, in the playoffs, but he doesn't. Puck fair. doesn't go in, it's fair. or it hasn't. It's fair. Yeah, that'll yeah, be. It's fair. He's he's he's. It's weird. He he's he's still so fast. He's still strong. But like, I I keep coming back to this. I still feel like, and this is such a dumb thing. I'll never be able to prove. His stick is too long. He uses he uses okay. like a, a Zdeno Chara length stick as a forward who's supposed to score goals. And I feel like if he just took a took a stick and shaved three inches off of it, because when you're 18 or 19 or 20, you're super strong and super fast. You're like you're just an insanely strong, freakishly strong, talented person. And he's still good. He's still, but he's in his 30s now. And I just feel like he needs more accuracy when he shoots because he gets a ton of chances and he just he whips the puck into the goalie's chest. He misses the net a lot. I'm telling you, if you just if he just trims two and a half inches off that stick, he's not going to score 40 again. But he does everything else so well that I feel like that would just be. Enough. You should mention that to him. Yeah. Pull him aside. Players love that. <laughs> yeah, they do. Be like, look, I'm going to help you out here. I feel like I'm I'm not being an impartial media member, but here's here's what you do. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you do. Here's a saw. Here's here's the butt end of your stick. <laughs> here's a few. In fact, I took the liberty of uh of sawing down a few uh, of your sticks. All right, let's do some questions and then let's all let's yeah. all go home with our with our lives. Uh, let's do this because we kind of wanted to do this on the main part of the podcast, but we ran out of time. Uncia, who goes by the name Garnet Leopard on Twitter, what is your hypothetical Eric Carlson trade to Tampa? How do you oh, how do you make that, that happen? That's, I mean, can we just point out that that is the nightmare scenario for the entire NHL? Because I've like you you heard a bunch of that, especially over I love it over the weekend. And, you know, him and Hedman were playing their dress-up games and everything. Like, it, that could happen. If if he goes to Tampa and they're running either either him and Hedman together or, you know, half an hour of Hedman, half an hour of Carlson every night. It'd be the Pronger-Niedermeyer approach. Like, we're, we're screwed. They should... I just hope they do that deal now so that the rest of the league can all, can all sell. 29 sellers at the deadline and... I love it. Vegas, I, Vegas I, and Tampa... I'm, I'm pro. The, the I'm, guy that I'm pro super team. So get him to Tampa. Get him to Nashville. There's yeah. your super team right there. Yeah. And, and yes. yeah, for for two years. I mean, what the? Yes. You know, nothing. Nothing's guaranteed in the NHL. But you gotta like your odds of winning one Stanley Cup in the next two years if you've got all those guys together. The the one name that somebody mentioned that made sense was was Brinkpoint because he's you know it, to come back to Ottawa he's on a cheap deal he's under control and, and all that yeah and he's you know he's a guy like I, I feel like Ottawa would have a very tough time selling this deal if it was pure futures like just pick some prospects and they don't have anything anyone to put in the lineup but uh you know have a cheap guy come back yeah I, I could see something like that and then obviously plus 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 on top of that but uh yeah they can't Ooh, trade Sergachev Sergachev can't be a part of the deal mm. in my opinion you have to give up something else. You have to give up something from, from, something from the I mean, would, would he? Because, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I don't know if, I, I you don't want to trade him, but I, I don't think you necessarily take him completely off the table. And that would be one that, that that would be easy to sell in, in Ottawa because it would infuriate Habs fans. And that's like half of the Senator's identity is, <laughs> is making Leaf and Habs fans angry. So, you know, kind of repatriating Montreal's best prospect 
would be an interesting move. Uh, Orlando yeah, Rage. Oh, Orlando Rage. I, know that, I think that's a sports team somewhere, but I'm going to assume that's this guy's name. Um, considering the NBA is having major issues with players and referees, uh, how close is the McDavid-Matthews display towards the officials bordering on being unsportsmanlike? Here's, here's, yeah. here's my one opinion on it. They should do it after every goal. It's awesome. I love it. But... The PHW uh, a uh, the PHWA midway point awards came out, and I, I'm pretty sure the voting came in before this. But like Austin Matthews finished second for the Lady Bing. I think once you show up a referee on the ice by pointing into the net as a goal, <laughs> you are no longer eligible. You, you just can't do the thing where we all, we all do when we vote is look for the guy with a lot of points and minimal penalty minutes. Like once you show yeah. up a referee on the ice. Like you can't win it. You you, you should keep doing it because it's great, but you can't win the Lady Bing yeah. anymore. I do think that was pretty boring. Like the McDavid one was. He got a uh, he got a, a penalty for it. he got like a gross misconduct penalty, which is oh, meaningless because oh, it was in the shootout. But he did get like the ten minutes tacked on. Yeah, so he's, so out. he's out. His his was Matthews was like, yeah, you're right. It's funny, but it was kind of borderline. And I yeah. I just got such a kick out of that picture that everyone was sending around, like the of of the ref pointing. And then, like, just behind him, outside of his field of vision, is Matthews pointing. And everybody was like, oh, this is so funny. And I'm like, yeah, it is funny. But, like, I feel like that that referee, anyone who's ever gone through life, like, with that vague sense that everyone is, like, right behind you, making fun of you the whole way, is like, it's like, yeah, that's that's that ref right there. You're signaling goal. And you're like, is somebody standing right behind me, making fun of me right now? Why is the nah. crowd? La- why is the crowd laughing and not cheering? Why is everybody pointing and laughing? It's the most popular kid uh, right behind me right now, just openly mock. Oh yes, he is. There he is. Great. So yeah, I, I put it this way: the the Matthews thing is fun, and it was fun they did at the All Star game. But he he plays on a team with Mike Babcock and Lou Lamorello, so mm-hmm. I'm I wouldn't get your hopes up that this is going to become a thing. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, we got to go. We, we we rambled on too long in the beginning. One, of the one last thing real quick, just because people will yell at us. Do it. Uh, the Tide Pod thing. What what was your final? We said we'd circle back on it. Oh, Who no, no, no. I was, oh, it was Zach Ronaldo. Like, it took me a while to figure it out. During we the did Ronaldo, yeah. That's definitely did, did, my did you, guy. I got a lot of people sending in ideas, and there were, there were a few good ones. Uh, t- Taylor Hall did come up a lot, and we talked about him sort of after the podcast finished. I feel like he's... I feel like you need a mix... It's not just like a guy who's not bright. It has to be somebody who's also a little wacky. So I still I still think it's a goalie. But yeah, mm. Ronaldo's not a Ronaldo's not a bad one. Yeah, I'm still depressed that it took me that long to figure it out. It was, it was bad by me. Um, so thanks again for for listening and thanks for checking in. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sign off and you you know you know the drill with the podcast and the and the stars and the ratings and the iTunes and the whatnot. And um, we'll we'll probably be back next week. No reason to think we won't be. And uh, we'll we'll talk more about some stuff then. And and I'm gonna say goodbye. And I'll I'll leave the floor to Sean to to sign off for us this week. Say your piece. All right, right on. It. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy Gary Bettman Day on Thursday. <laughs> Remember, you get the you get the day off work. It is a an official national holiday. Yep. You in honor of him, you will stop working. Yes, stop working, and, and then when anybody questions you on it, just get like really blame someone annoyed else. and peevish with them and grab their arm as you lecture them. Uh, uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.